let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. Susan Lefevre stood in the yard of the prison with her heart racing and her mind running. She looked around in the light of dawn and realized that the guards were nowhere to be seen. She knew they would reappear soon, so she had just a moment to make her run for the wall. For beyond the wall was the forest. Beyond the forest, a friend was waiting in a car, waiting to take her far from the prison that had held her for the last few months. Suddenly, Susan started running towards the prison wall. She threw her coat over the razor wire. She climbed and swung her legs over, dropped to the ground, and started running, running through the woods, running to the car, running, running, running to put the prison behind her. She ran for 3,000 kilometers and ran all the way to California, running to try to get a new life. And for 32 years, Susan Lefevre succeeded. She got to a new home and changed everything about her. She changed her name to Marie Walsh. She changed her hairstyle. She changed her lifestyle. She did as much as she could to change herself, to put distance between her and her past. Eventually, she married. She bore three children. Together with her husband, they bought a home, and it seemed outwardly like Susan Lefevre had succeeded. But her past was never far from her. She knew that any moment the police could come knocking on the door and take her back. And that's exactly what happened. One sunny morning, Susan was outside working in her garden when the police came. They handcuffed her and led her away. They flew her back where she came from. And after 32 years of freedom, Susan Lefevre was back in prison. Her new life was over. Have you ever wanted a new life, but the past seems to keep pulling you back? Have you ever wanted to make a new start and get a new break, but you just can't seem to break free? Maybe you're here today wanting a new life. You're not running from prison like Susan Lefevre, but if we're honest, we all have things we wish we could make new. We all have mistakes that haunt us and problems that vex us and hurts that hinder us. And most of us do what Susan did. We try to make things new. So we change our hairstyle or change our job or change our friends or change our churches or change our location. But no matter what we do, all those changes are simply external. And the fact is, we can't get past our past. And when you can't get past your past, it will follow you into your future. No matter what you change externally, if you don't overcome the guilt and the shame of your sin, it will keep chasing after you. All your changes are external unless you find the path to build a new you. The good news for all of us today is that we can build a new you. We can get a new life. You can become a new person. That's what Jesus Christ offers you. He offers you to remove the past and make you new. That's what we're going to discover in our sermon today. But before we learn more, let's pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you that we are here in your presence. Come and speak to us today. For you are the God who turns graves to gardens. You are the God who makes the Red Sea a highway. You're the God who makes bones into an armies who can take a lifeless, dead being and make us new. 
We submit to you now, we bind every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to give us light and life and grace that we might build a new life. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment, join your faith with mine, put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart, change my life, manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. You've got a friend at Agape House. We love you and we care about you. But better than that, not only do you have a friend here with us, but we've also come to introduce you to the best friend of all, the friend who sticks closer than a brother, our Lord Jesus Christ. See, he's done something for us. He's changed us and made us new. We've got new life, and we wanted to share that news with you. We wanted to tell you how you two can build a new you. So to help us learn the truth for today, we've printed sermon notes. They look like this. They're inside your bulletin. And I invite you to go ahead and take them out now and follow along as we discover three truths to build a new you. If you're watching online, you can download the notes for free at our website or on our social media pages. We give these out free every week so that you can follow along as I preach and so you can take the truth home and get it into your heart and mind as you continue to study God's Word. They're the top of your notes and on the screen ahead of you is our scripture text for today. One verse taken from 2 Corinthians 5, 17. But if you want God's word to work in your life, you got to get it in your heart and on your lips. So I'm going to invite everybody to read it out loud together with me. Are you ready? Let's read it like we mean it. Read it with faith. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Consider for a moment the powerful promise inside this verse. As we look at it carefully, we discover three truths that will help you build a new you. And here's your first truth today, the potential of a new you. Anyone can become new. Somebody just say, anyone. You see, that's how our scripture begins. It says anyone. And when God says anyone, he means anyone. It's for everyone. And this is great news because there's no restrictions on who can become new. Anyone can become new. In fact, the invitation to follow Jesus is available to anyone and everyone. That's why John 3, 15 and 16 says everyone. Somebody say everyone. Everyone who believes in Jesus will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, say everyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting or eternal life. See, God loves everyone and God calls everyone. There's nothing you can do to earn that invitation. In fact, this is not the only place in the Bible where God says he's inviting everyone to him. Over and over, the Bible uses a word called whoever. Whoever means anybody and everybody. Listen to some of the whoever promises in God's word. Whoever confesses me before man, Jesus said, I will confess before my Father in heaven. Whoever lives by believing in Jesus will never die. Whoever believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Whoever believes in Jesus will never be put to shame. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. Anyone, everyone, whoever, if you're a human being alive today, you are someone that God has called. You are someone that God invites. You are someone that God wants.
wants to make new. You may be poor, but you're a whoever. You may be weak, but you're a whoever. You may be a sinner, but you're a whoever. You may be from a bad family in a small village, but you are a whoever. Lift your hand and say, I am a whoever. See, the world may exclude you, but when the world excludes you, God welcomes you. Companies will exclude you if you're not talented enough. Universities will exclude you if you're not smart enough. The Miss Ghana beauty pageant will exclude you if you're not beautiful enough. Hey, that's why I'm not there. Amen. Some churches exclude you if you're not good enough. But when everybody else walks out, Jesus walks in. When everybody else turns their back, Jesus turns to you. When everybody else folds their arms, Jesus opened his arms and died on the cross to bring you in because anyone and everyone and whoever can follow Jesus Christ. If no one else loves you, Jesus loves you. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Anyone can have a new life by following Jesus Christ. Christ. See, his invitation to you is a free gift based upon his love, so you can't earn it. You don't earn the invitation to follow Jesus. That's why Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for it. This is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. You don't get invited to follow Jesus because you belong to a church. You don't get invited to follow Jesus because you were baptized or you say a special prayer, or you sow a seed to a prophet, you don't get an invitation to follow Jesus because of anything you've done. You get it because God loves anyone. And the good news is anyone can get up and follow Jesus. It's a simple choice. Look at the people who followed him in the Bible. Matthew was a tax collector. To put it mildly, he was corrupt. He was a thief, and yet Matthew got an invitation to follow Jesus. Peter, James, and John were uneducated. They couldn't even read and write, yet Jesus invited them to follow him. The woman caught in adultery was a sinner, but Jesus invited her. Paul was a blasphemer, but Jesus invited him. God calls anyone, and God calls everyone. It doesn't take preparation. It doesn't take education. It doesn't take special talent or ability. It's not who you know. No, it's God's open invitation for God is not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. The invitation to follow Jesus does not require special talents or abilities or status. And just like people in the day of the Bible, God is still calling anyone and everyone to follow him. You may be here today as a sinner, but God is opening his arms to invite you. You may be here today as a rich and powerful person, or you may be weak and helpless. You may be religious, or you may be a sinner. You may be an outcast or well-connected, but anyone, everyone is invited. Whoever can have a new life. And Jesus is still calling us today. He called Ben Ben was born in Benin City, Nigeria. As a poor, weak, sickly child. From his onset of life, he was weak and used to have convulsions. He would sometimes have fainting spells. In fact, his father became so disturbed over Ben's sickness that he thought the child was cursed by witches. And he said, no good will come from this child. So the father told the mother to take Ben and throw him away. And that's what she did. She bundled Ben up one morning and took him to the rubbish heap behind their house and dumped him on the rubbish heap and left him to die. Abandoned, rejected, cursed. 
It seemed like Ben had no way to a new life. But God's invitation comes to everyone and anyone. And God reached down and rescued Ben. And God brought him up off of that heap. And he began to grow. And when Ben grew up, he accepted Christ. And he answered the call to go into ministry. And suddenly God's power came into him. He began holding crusades throughout Nigeria, bringing healing and deliverance and hope and salvation to many people. He started a church, which we now call Church of God Mission in Nigeria. In fact, the boy who was sick opened two hospitals. The boy who was denied an education opened a university. The boy who was discarded brought deliverance to millions and God came down and began to work to raise up that defeated child and make him a great overcomer, the person of Archbishop Benson Idahosa, because God calls anyone and God calls everyone and God can make anyone new. That's what happened to Aisha Dean. Aisha Dean was living a carefree life in Cotonou, Republic of Benin. She was enjoying drinking and parties and lots of different boyfriends. She didn't really want to follow Jesus Christ. She was pursuing the path of pleasure, but the more she did, it brought her into bondage. Her choices eventually led her to a life of prostitution. What started out as a pursuit of pleasure soon became a path of pain. But even in her sin, God still called her. And one day, Aisha Dean got invited to a gospel crusade. She went and heard the message, and she answered the altar call. She gave her life to Christ, and God delivered her and made her new. Today, Aisha is married with two children. She's living a new life, and she shares these words with us today. No matter the life you're living, no matter what you're doing, Jesus is ready to change you. I had a bad life before, but now I am changed. I'm a changed woman. If you think you cannot change and nothing can change you and God will never forgive you, I want you to know that God will forgive you and you will change. God made Benson new. God made Aisha new. God made me new. God can make anyone and everyone new. For 1 Corinthians 1 says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God, somebody say, but God. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong and the potential for a new you is available because God loves you and God cares for you and he wants to offer you today a new life but there's something you must do and that brings us to our second truth the path to a new you belong to Jesus see our scripture text continues and says first of all anyone everyone whoever can be made new but then it tells us how it says anyone who belongs to Jesus and that's the key we need to understand today you've got to belong to Jesus Christ if you belong you're in if you belong you're accepted if you belong you're included if you belong to Christ then you belong to God the Father and you belong to his family and that's what God wants for you. 
For Ephesians 1, 5 and 7 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. So hear the word of the Lord to you today. Before you were born, God chose you. Before your father was born, before your grandfather was born, God sat down and decided something. He said, I'm going to make some people and they're going to belong to me. He chose Kofi and he chose you, Amma, and he chose you, Peter, and he chose you, Shirley, and he said, I want to adopt them and bring them in and make them my own. And when man sinned and fell away, Jesus loved us so much he went and died on the cross that our sins could be forgiven so that we could be made new because God wants you to belong to him and God wants you in his family. If you believe it, say amen. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. The Christian life is not just about believing. It's also about belonging. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 2.19, you are a member of God's very own family and you belong. Just say, I belong. You belong in God's household with every other Christian. Turn your notes over to page two and consider the truth today. In order to become a new you, you have to belong to Jesus. See, we focus so much on believing in Christ, we've left out about belonging. And we need to believe in Christ, but believing in Christ alone will not get you into the kingdom of heaven. Believing in Christ alone does not make you new. For the Bible tells us in James 2, 19 and 20, you believe there's one God. That's good, clap for yourself. But even the demons believe that. So if you only have faith, if you only have belief, you're no better than a demon. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. Even the demons believe faith that does nothing is worth nothing. The devil believes in Jesus. He saw Jesus die. The devil believes in Jesus. He saw Jesus rise from the dead. The devil believes in Jesus more than many so-called Christians. It's not enough to believe. You've got to belong. It's possible to have faith without belonging. You won't have action. You won't be new. So what does it mean to belong? It means you surrender yourself to him. It means you get up and follow him. Belonging to Christ means that all you have and all you are belongs to Jesus, that you've made a choice to follow him. That's why Psalm 25, 12 says, when people choose to follow the Lord, he shows them the best way to live. And following God requires a choice. You don't have to have education or money or good looks or talent, but you do have to make a choice. There's nothing in and of yourself you can do to save yourself. You can't earn forgiveness of sins, but there's one thing, one thing God requires. You have to choose to follow him. For the power to save comes from God, but the choice to follow him must come from you. God has done everything he can to bring you in to his family. He's loved you. He's planned for you. When we went astray, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. He sent the power of his Holy Spirit to speak to you. He sent me here today to preach to you. He sent a friend to invite you. God has done everything he can to bring you in, but unless you make a decision to follow him, you will be outside 
the kingdom of God. There may be a thousand steps between you and God, and God will take 999, but there's one step you must take. You must choose to follow Jesus. Jesus' number one command was follow. More than prayer, more than giving, more than any other thing, Jesus said, follow me, because you won't have new life unless you follow Jesus. That's the powerful truth we can learn from the tragic story of the world's worst airplane disaster, which happened right here in Africa. In March 27, 1977, Pan Am Flight 1736 and KLM Flight 4805 were both on the runway at Los Rodeos Airport in the Canary Islands. There was a great fog on the airport that day. There was confusion in the air control tower, and somehow there was a miscommunication. And as the two planes faced each other, though they could not see each other, the KLM pilot made an error. He thought he was told to take off. So he revved his engines, and the KLM plane started racing down the runway right towards the path of the Pan Am flight. By the time he got close enough to see the Pan Am plane, it was too late. He tried to pull up, but it was too late, and the crash came at 160 miles an hour, shearing off the roof of the Pan Am aircraft. All 248 people on board the KLM plane were killed instantly. Some of the people on Pan Am flight were killed as well, but surprisingly, most of the people on the Pan Am plane were not killed in the initial accident. Most of them survived. Floyd Heck was one of those who survived. The American woman had been on vacation in the Karen Islands with her husband, Paul. She was seated next to him and her best friend, Lorraine Larson. And when the impact came that shook the plane, suddenly there were flashes of smoke and fire, and she sat terrorized, paralyzed in fear. She didn't know what to do or where to go. Death was imminent, and disaster was all around her. When suddenly through the din and the chaos, Floyd heard the voice of her husband, Paul, saying, Floyd! Get up, Floyd, follow me. She turned in a dazed look and saw her husband, Paul, had gotten up and was walking down the aisle of the aircraft. He was walking towards the exit. Floyd, get up. Floyd, follow me. And somehow she unbuckled her seatbelt and she got up and started following her husband, Paul. They got to the middle of the aircraft. They got out the exit door and Floyd Heck turned around to look and see hundreds of people still sitting in their seats. She saw her friend, Lorraine Larson. Lorraine, Lorraine. But Paul grabbed her. They walked out on the wing of the plane. They jumped to the ground and ran to safety just before the explosion rocked the aircraft and killed all 335 people still on board, including Lorraine Larson. The worst of all was that most of the people on the Pan Am flight did not need to die. Most of them survived the initial impact but they stayed fastened in their seats, unwilling to get up and follow. And so it is for millions of people today. We're surrounded by death and darkness. We're surrounded in a world that's under the power of the enemy. And disaster is imminent. Yet most of us, even when we hear the call to follow, even when we get the invitation to come to Jesus, we sit paralyzed in our seats, unwilling to move. But you've got to get up out of your seat and follow 
Jesus, for he offers you freedom from the past. He can break every chain. He can deliver you from darkness. He can deliver you from death. And if you hear his voice today, he says, follow me to life. Follow me to liberty. Follow me and I will make you new. The path to follow Jesus is open to everyone, but only those who choose to follow will belong to him. But when you do choose, when you do follow, then you get the third truth, the promise of a new life. New life begins. See, there's a great promise in our scripture text for today. It says the old is gone, the new is come. When you do get up and choose to follow, whoever you are, you get new life. The past is broken and new life comes upon you and Jesus gives you new life. He doesn't just fix up a few things externally. He doesn't just rearrange your life. He gives you a completely new life and delivers you from the past. That's something only Jesus can do. Man can fix up the outside, but only Jesus can change you from the inside. Today, millions of dollars are spent annually by people trying to make a new life. Millions is spent on makeup by women trying to look better. Some women even scrape their eyebrow and take a pencil and paint a new one. Hey! You can get surgery to remove it and a diet to replace it and you can do all kinds of cosmetics to fix it and fashion to make it look better but you're only changing the external. Today, you can get a new heart transplant. You can get a liver transplant. You can even get a face transplant but no matter what you change on the outside, you haven't changed the heart. If you get a heart transplant today, the bitterness from your old soul will still follow you into your new soul with a new heart. Only Jesus changes us from the inside. That's why Galatians 6.15 says it doesn't matter whether we've been circumcised or not. Those are outward things. What counts is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. That's what Jesus does for you. He makes you new. We're not just better, we're new. We're just not nicer, we're new. We're not just wiser, we're new. Religion can make you nice, but only Christ can make you new. So here's the truth you need to remember. Reformation is attained by human effort, but transformation comes by supernatural power. That's why the apostle John says in John 1, 12 to 13, Jesus gave the right, Jesus gave the power to become God's children to everyone who believed in him. These people didn't become God's children in a physical way. They were born from God. You don't become a Christian because you were born into a Christian family or because you're baptized. You become a Christian when you're transformed internally. That's what it means to be born again, to have a new life. Jesus offers you a new life, an opportunity to be born again. You can put the past behind you. The bondage can be broken. The darkness can be removed. The death, the sin, the shame can all be washed away, and you can be new. That's the promise of Titus 3, 4 to 6. When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we'd done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, my sin, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. To anyone, to everyone, to whoever, Jesus invites you. Belong to me and I will make you new. In just a few minutes, I'm going to give that 
opportunity to everyone here in the balcony, in the sides, in the back. I'm going to give you the invitation to come and respond. Just like Floyd Heck, I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat and come. Leave your past and your darkness behind and come. Follow Jesus into the light. But before I do, let me tell you a story about my friend, Yao. Yao was just three years old when he was taken from his village in the Volta region and sold into slavery. Yao went as a little child to work on a fishing boat in Lake Volta. Because he was taken so early in life, he doesn't even remember his parents. He doesn't even remember his past or his village. In fact, he thought the slave master was his father. But there was no fatherly love in his home. Just bondage and beatings and constant work. Yao was made to work at his slave master's whim. Wasn't educated, wasn't loved. It seemed like there was no, no hope for Yao. Then one day, Yao was with the other slaves doing chores for their master at their home when they saw uniformed men coming. There were soldiers and policemen and social workers. And the slave master warned them, run, run, run. These are bad men. They want to hurt you. Yao wanted to run, but he was too afraid. And before he knew it, the men were there. But to his surprise, they found out that these men weren't bad. They didn't want to hurt him. In fact, the way they talked to him, the way they treated him, he could tell that they loved him. They cared about him. So he listened, and he found good news. We can give you a new life, they said. You can leave the bondage behind. You can come and be free if you'll get up and follow me. Yao didn't know what to do. He was nervous. He was afraid. But something in him wanted hope. Something in him wanted new life. Something in him longed to be loved. So when they gave him the chance, Yao stood up, took a step of faith, and walked out the door. He walked out of bondage. He walked out of slavery. He walked out of darkness. He walked out of death, and he walked into new life. Yao is 11 years old, and he lives with us at Agape Children's Home in Oyarva. He's got a new life. He's loved. He's cared for. We feed him. We clothe him. When he came to us, he couldn't speak English, he couldn't read, but today he's in the fourth grade in primary school, reading, laughing, loving, following Jesus in a new life. And that's what God wants to do for you. He wants to take you out of bondage and give you liberty. He wants to take you out of darkness and give you light. He wants to give you new life. You see, the devil's lying to you. He's not your friend. He's your enemy. He's a slave master who's kept you under. Maybe you're here today. You've been in bondage so long, you don't even remember what it's like to be free. Maybe you've been living with pain so long, you don't even remember what it feels like to be loved. But today, let the voice of Jesus penetrate your heart. He calls you, come, follow me, belong to me, and I will make you new. It's you, but it's a better you. It's you, but it's a wiser you. It's you, but it's a new you. It's you, 2.0.
Right now, I want to ask everyone in the auditorium, would you please stand to your feet in the balcony in the back? Would you all stand together? Right now is an opportunity for all of us to answer that call. If you've never accepted Christ or you've strayed far from Him, today's an opportunity for you to do what Floyd Heck did. Get up, unbuckle your seatbelt, get out of the chair, get out of the aisle, and get out to freedom. You can do today what Yao did. You can break the bondage of the past. You don't need to serve the devil any longer. You can answer the call. Take a step of faith and come to Jesus. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes all across the auditorium. I'm inviting you today. I'm inviting anyone and everyone. I'm inviting whoever. If you want to follow Jesus and make a decision to serve him and to have a new life, would you just raise your hand right now all across the auditorium in the balcony in the back. I'm inviting you. Jesus is inviting you today to make a decision. Say, I want a new life. I want to be born again. I want to follow Jesus. Thank you, sir, for that hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you in the balcony. Thank you for that hand. Would you just raise your hand? Now, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. As Christians pray, would you who've raised your hand, please step forward. Leave your seat. Bring your Bible, your phone, your purse, and come and join me here at the altar. My friend in the middle down here, would you just take a step right now and come? Up in the balcony, would you come? God is calling you, and this is the opportunity. Thank you, my friend. We're waiting for you here. We want to pray with you. We want to bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You can come right now. Anyone else all across the auditorium in the balcony, the way is open. The opportunity is yours. If you have been following Jesus before, but lately you've backslidden, you have been left behind. You don't want to go on in that sin any longer. Today I'm calling you as well. This is an opportunity for you to come and renew your faith. Come and renew your commitment. Come and renew your life in Jesus. Christ. God bless you. God bless you. Let's keep in prayer right now. God, we ask you to move upon your people and we ask you to touch every heart. We ask that the invitation will penetrate right now into our hearts and lives. We thank you, God. We bless you. Thank you, sister. God bless you, son. God bless you, son. God bless you. I'll give you just another minute. Is there anyone else in the balcony in the back? This is your opportunity to break free. Get up like Benson Idahosa and follow Jesus. Get up like Aisha Dean and follow Jesus, get up like me, get up like Floyd Heck, get up like Yao. Today is the day. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. My friends, there's three things Jesus tells you today. First of all, to those of you here at the front, he tells you to admit, admit your sinner. I admit it, I've done wrong. I admit that I've sinned. And so today Jesus just wants you to say, I admit it. I, you can't cover it. You can't hide it. God knows. So would you here at the front with me, just lift your hand all across the auditorium. Lift your hand. Say, Lord, I admit. I admit. I've sinned. I admit I've done wrong. I've failed. I've lied. I've cheated. I admit I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Jesus, please forgive me. Forgive me. Then Jesus says, believe in him. For Acts 16, 31 says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. So just lift your hand and say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Just say it out loud, everybody. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe in you. I admit I'm a sinner and I believe in you. I believe in you. And then third, Jesus says, commit yourself to God. For Acts 2.38 says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So just lift your hands and say, Lord, I commit to you. I commit to follow you. I answer your call right now in Jesus' name. I want all of us all across the auditorium, would you join me in saying out loud this prayer of salvation? Just repeat after me. Dear God, 
dear God. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask you to save me today. I ask you to save me today. I confess I have sinned against you. I confess I've sinned against Please you. Please forgive me of my sin. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he died on the and cross. And rose from the dead. And rose from the so dead. So that I might be saved. So that I might be saved. I ask you to come into my heart now. I ask you to come into my heart now. By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And make me born again. And make me born again. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. And promise to obey you. And promise to obey and you. And follow you. And follow you. Save me from sin. Save me from sin. Deliver me from the devil. Deliver me from the Heal devil. Heal me and fill me today. Heal me and fill me today. I thank you by faith. I thank you by faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' Come name. Come on, let's give the Lord some Amen. praise right now. Come on and thank him. Come on and bless him. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.